Welcome to episode 16 of the Go Get Em Agility podcast. My name is Margaret Hughes, and I'm your host, along with my daughter, Emma Hughes. Hi, Emma. Hi. So what are we what are we talking about today? We're not talking about Eli. I don't know. I forgot. Might sneak into the conversation. But what are we talking about today? Uh, your first trial. I love yeah. trialing. So yeah, fun. your first trial. Or not so much or, or things to consider for your first trial. Right. Or if you're, you know, you've trialed once and you're, you know, the second one's just as scary. <laughs> or uh, you found some holes in your training that you didn't think about because you don't know about trialing. Right. Okay. Tough world out there. All right. So here we go. Well, uh, let me just say this. I was at a trial this last weekend, unbeknownst to you. You figured it out. But... Oh, actually, you know, I'm talking over you about this because I have a lot of feelings. Um, go get them, agility listeners. My faithful, faithful go get them, agility listeners. If you see my mother at a trial, um, please, I'm not joking, please email me or like text me on, on Facebook or whatever because she doesn't tell me that she's going to trials and I'll get like notifications from like Life360 because she likes to stalk me so I get to stalk her back. And really? it's like, oh, Margaret's at, you know, Argus. And I'm like, oh my God. Um, and I also found out that it was a UKI trial because I went on Argus's website. I have eyes in the sky, as they say. So okay, yes, good. I'm not joking. Tell me, because she doesn't tell me and it gets me very angry. I'm like livid. I like see red. It's crazy. All right. I don't uh, like her running dot anyway. So, you know. And, and so go, go get them with Dilly Listers. Have you figured out why I don't tell her in before? <laughs> yeah, it's because I get very angry. All right. Then. Okay. So, anyway, I was at a trial this last weekend. Um, <sighs> was, uh, and, and, I, and I was in the mindset of Eli because I went there knowing that I was not going to take him into the agility competition arena. I went there knowing that I needed to work really hard to keep him at a safe distance from dogs that were scary to him still. And, and all of that worked out. But in the, in the, in, in doing that, I also took on a perspective of a dog's very first agility trial. And I really started listening to the noise level. And I, I covered my head, I closed my eyes, and I listened to the noise level at the trial. And my gosh, it was loud. It was really, really loud. And I was surprised because I'm used to it. And I think that as a new handler, and even as a seasoned handler, we don't we either don't realize how loud it is or we're so used to it and our dogs are so used to it that it's a non-issue. And so that was one of the very first things that I thought about when I was sitting there and thinking about, gosh, I need to emphasize this more to my new students and how loud it can be. And how do you, what do you do to, to help with that? I would go to a trial either without your dog um, and just listen. And then if you do take your dog, work them at a distance, work them where they they can hear things, but it's not scary. So there's a distance element that is keeping them safe and confident. Um, but then you desensitize them to that sound and get closer and closer and closer until they can handle it. 
I agree. Um, I've been very fortunate in the realm of dogs. Um, granted, there's only two that I have brought up, you know, um, as puppies. And both of them have been great. And so I've never experienced a dog that's fearful of trials, um, especially a young dog or, you know, a dog that's never, never been to a trial before. Um, and it really is a, a weird experience, right? Because you know what's going on, but they don't. So let's just list some of the different sounds that they're going to hear. Equipment. So the teeter banging. Dogs running mm -hmm. through the tunnels. Wow. Some of those powerful dogs can really make some noise in those tunnels. Um, the drills that the building, the course builders use to secure down the weave pole, secure down the tire, secure down the teeter, the drills alone can be um, loud. But here's an unexpected one. Cheering. People cheering for other people, people in general. or gasping. So I heard cheering. I heard gasping. Then, of course, dogs barking, and there's a level of dogs barking and squealing with excitement that is different than a dog just barking in a in, in a backyard. Yeah, I would also say that, like, you know, the gate people um, and, like, the people that ask, you know, they walk up and down and they they yell for, uh, they don't yell, they're not mean, but they, you know, they they project they, their voice to ask for volunteers. Yeah. That could be scary to you as a human as well. The gate people can get very scary sometimes. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. Right. The timers when they beep and they do like ready or right. whatever it is or go. Right. Well, and it and, like beeps. And in the games classes that so we are writing gamblers and it's 25 seconds and then the horn goes off and that horn. Right. Alone. And if you've got multiple horns in, because uh, 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 you've got the horn that tells you that the gamble has started, and then you have a horn that tells you you are overtime on the gamble. And so there's two horns within the span of 15 seconds or 18 seconds of each other that if the dogs aren't used to it, that can be very scary. What else? Yeah. Whistles, hopefully rarely. Um, yeah, I don't, do no, they no, still no, use the whistles? I'm, I'm trying to think. Yeah, judge was Yeah, because I know sometimes they're just like, can you leave? But sometimes they do have whistles. No, they use, kind of scary. in, in you, you, USDAA this weekend, they use a whistle to indicate a wrong course. So you can imagine how many times that was heard. <laughs> <laughs> was that uh, on your runs particularly? Interesting. Interesting I, to I know. I heard a couple of whistles on, on Dottie's runs, yes. That is oh my gosh people this is not a uh voluntary give up of my dog right. i've been forced Volun what was your word voluntarily this is not a voluntary give up of dots i do not i do not right. i do not accept this okay so okay so the noise is definitely a massive factor that uh, needs to be addressed for most dogs. And and I'll tell you what, I remember, I specifically remember going to a car mechanics tire store um, at, we were at Costco and hanging outside of the tire, listening to those drills, listening to the engines, listening to the engines of, of the cars going in and out of the shop and feeding Dottie 
for every single one. Yeah, I remember that. I remember you were at school and I did this when you were at I school. know. Well, didn't we do it twice? Because I remember you told me about it and I think we went back. Yeah, probably. Because I remember I was all scared of seeing people that I knew that <laughs> worked at Costco. Right. Yeah, and, and uh, that desensitization of going back, so um, addressing it at one distance and if they're handling it, going back at either a further distance if they're not handling it or closer if they are handling it and slowly building that up. So it's not just a one and you're done. It's a one exposure from a distance, two exposure, maybe from a closer distance if they're doing well, three exposure if they're doing, continue to do well. And so this, you know, continuing to build up and uh, an example of this, this weekend is Eli was slightly anxious about garden weed what is it called a garden weed carpet something that you would put on the ground to prevent weeds from coming through bark so oh i know you're talking about yes it's a weed barrier and it was kind of all crumpled up and in this just kind of thrown off to the side and so part of it was sticking up out of the ground about a foot out of the ground and then the, the rest of it was laying into the ground and he was worried about it kind of looked like a you know a small terrier or something and it wasn't moving but it was just kind of waving just slightly and he was worried about it and so I I slowly helped him to understand that it was nothing to be worried about and then the second time that we approached it in the day so we did that in the morning and then later on in the afternoon we took the same walk again and there again was the weed barrier and this time he approached it with more um a confidence so he was like okay I kind of remember that but he was still like I'm just going to make sure it's still the same thing so he wasn't like overly abundant uh, confident with it and then the third time he was actually running to it because what did it equal it equal oh, that's cute so that that's desensitization is good boy worried second time he was eh. third time he was like oh I remember this so that's desensitization right. doing that over time not all in one go so that's how I would handle Right, and like for, yeah, I was thinking for the drills and stuff, if you don't want to, you know, take the two-hour trek down to Argus, you could do, you know, housework or whatever and just have like your dog in the yard no, and be like, hey guys, this is what a drill sounds like, yeah, no, right? And obviously combined with the agility environment is going to be hard because, you know, now they've got a million other things to think about, as well as you're going to be stressed as well, right? You're probably going to be overwhelmed by the noise. So, but it's just, you know, little things that kind of add up. Well, and at a, at practice, if your dog's sensitive to other dogs running on the teeter or running through a tunnel, there's time for you to train your dog at practice right. on the sidelines. So another dog is in the arena training, you're on the sidelines training your dog for noise sensitivity. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else on noise? trying to think um no i don't think so okay. i mean so i haven't yeah. here, here are a couple of other things that went through my head is throwing the leash so you take the leash oh off, that's a good one step to the line and you throw your leash a couple of things went through my head one don't throw it at the leash runner so there's a leash runner stood somewhere behind you don't throw your leash at the leash runner you can drop it at their feet or hand it to them, but don't throw it to them. I have, I have something. I'm, I'm interrupting. You actually are not supposed to hand your leash to the leash runner. Fun fact. 
um, that I get yelled at. Is that in all organizations? I don't know if I know it's AKC because I, if you watch me run dot, I will hand my leash. I, every time I have handed my leash to the leash runner, nobody's ever told me off about it, but people have been like, you know, you're not supposed to do that. Nobody's, I've never actually gotten in trouble for it. So, you know, deal with that information, what you might, um, you know, hand your leash off, you know, be, uh, play the, play the, play on the edge of, I don't know, be, I'm trying to think of something cool to say. It's not coming out, but, um, yeah yeah and i i can't remember what organization was i remember reading that rule as well or hearing that rule maybe from a judge i think it's akc i don't know too but i don't i just feel bad just like throwing my leash you know like go get that right so i just handed to him so that was Uh, um don't throw it huck it at the (laughs) the leash runner yeah don't like like throw it by one end and it like goes swinging you know like a like a blade through the air (laughs) i saw a gentleman throw a leash to the finish line Uh, so he just he was doing an fbo run so he's just gonna like you know playing around with his dog and and um, he hucked the leash to the finish line. He nearly took out a bar center. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Casualty on the agility course. Um, what's the forensic team's like, what is this? <laughs> what are they doing? Um, is I saw a lot of dogs that um, watch their leash being thrown, which is totally fine and cool, but make sure that you train your dog not to run back and grab it. No tags if we're thinking about leashes um, and collars. No tags, but that's a pretty common one that people will will tell you about. Um, you're allowed a collar, like a flat collar, not, not uh, which is USDA. probably the one that you have on right now. What? Not in USDA. They have to be naked. Oh, she's got me again. Never mind. Don't listen to me. I can't remember about UKI. I think UKI. If you have any questions, just text one of us. Maybe not me, but text mom and ask, and she'll probably be able to tell you. Or go read the rule book of every organization. Right. That's, that's the thing is, I I just can't memorize all those rules, and some you know they change um, a couple of, every couple. Do you of years. read them for fun. You like pull up the PDF and you're like, this is so interesting. Let me I read did. this rule book. I have actually read <laughs> book. Um, oh, that's funny. At, um, in my younger days, but that's um, a real nerd move, as they say. <laughs> I think I'm still obsessed. Oh, don't bring your dog out too early. Don't uh, unless your dog needs it. But... That's that's a bit rich coming from you, but okay. Okay, and, no, I'm kidding. And I did get dot out too early because I didn't realize the she was first dog on the line almost all weekend, uh, first, second, or third. And there was one point where I didn't realize how they were running the rings because I didn't really pay attention. Um, and I got her out. I think. 20 minutes too early which was way oh my gosh early so then like I that awkward right yeah. do I take her back and she's all warmed up do I take her back and put her in the crate and then have to get her back out in just 10 minutes or anyway uh so be conscious of that I watched one I wouldn't worry about it too much though but like it's not you know if you get your dog out too early it's not the biggest you know no they didn't come out too early it's not too bad but i did watch one woman that that sat with her dog ringside all day all day i I that's hard yeah i thought she was just an observer and just hanging there with her dog but it turns out she was trialing and she was not giving yeah you know at all 
I went to, when we went to Europe, um, one of my teammates had her dog out the entire like three days. And by the end of the third day, he was dropping bars like left and right because he just he was so tired. Yeah. He just I mean, this is a dog that hasn't slept in basically three days. Right. And you're asking him to run European courses. But not only. So, that, yeah. But when you stand all day. On that on that gravel it wears on your body. I mean, even if they're laying down a little bit, it's they're on gravel or concrete at certain, at, in, in our area, we're either on gravel or concrete. And it's tough on my body. So it's gotta be tough on theirs. And so, yeah, give them a break, teach them how to go into a crate or at least into your car. Um, agility people, uh, it's a lot like high school, I think. There are a lot of, um, I don't want to say cliques because we're all very nice to each other, but um, there are groups that are, you know, everybody has their own buddies. And so if you go, you can go to an agility trial and if you don't like talk to people, they just won't talk to you. And so as a new person, that's really scary, right? You're not just going to walk in and start talking to people, but um, it's it's hard to to gather a group of friends but you just kind of have to put yourself out there because they're humans right they're nice they're nice people and so you know if you're walking around the novice ring you know like hey i'm new you're new what's going on here let's figure this out together yeah so i think the sheer amount of people in agility is quite overwhelming i mean there's you know hundreds of people in this little horse barn not little but you know in a horse barn and you're like, wow, nobody's talking to me because they're all in their own world, right? They're all thinking oh. about their courses. And they're so they don't particularly, they don't know you. They're not really going to care, right? So you have to make them know you. Or, you know, if you're okay with just like chilling by yourself, that's okay yeah, I mean, too. Some people don't want conversation. They, they can't handle conversation. Other people do want conversation. So, yeah. And I always tell my students, um, swirl with the people that make you smile. Fine, fine. Yeah, if you want to hang out with us, that's cool. Well, I don't I hang always out with make you. people smile, but and neither do you. You're nice to people. What? What? Uh, yeah, find the people that make you swirl and swirl with them, and ask your classmates. This is one of the great things about about group classes: is ask your classmates. And are you going to a trial and try and team up? Um, I want to get T-shirts made that can help. No, I only have five students per class, but I have 15, 16 classes. And so there's upwards of, of you know, five to six people at a tr given trial that are in my classes potentially. And yet they don't necessarily know each other because they're in different classes. So I started League. I've got my Facebook group that helps to connect them. Um and so there are different ways that you can try and figure out who is from the same instructor. And sometimes that helps. And then if I happen to go, I, I like the t-shirt idea. Yeah. I need to do that. I haven't done it. We've done it for a yeah. week. We haven't um, for just my class. Yeah. If you, yeah. If you ever need an agility friend, um, you can come find me. I will talk to you. I'm really short. So I'm like, not very intimidating. Yeah, um, and I'm also like, I'm quite young. I'm I'll be I'll be almost 20 by the time I come back. Oh, so cool. um just be like, wow, that's a child. And you can talk to me and I'll tell you about school. I'll be like, well, do you <laughs> want to hear about my university experience? And that's you'll be like, no. 
and then we can continue on. Uh, um, so yeah, uh, come find us if you are ever wanting a yeah, friend. Another great way is to volunteer, but sometimes people are intimidated to volunteer, and sometimes people shouldn't be volunteering because they need to focus on their own dogs. They need to focus on that yeah. first trial experience. So, I, I new new people sometimes get wrangled into volunteering and hey crs people that's your chief ring stewards who are trying to find volunteers don't wrangle in the new people let them chill go find the senior people that have been there for ages they know what they're doing and they can uh, uh take the mindset of being able to handle a run and their dog and volunteering these new people they have enough on their plate with trying to trial for the very first time if they if they're there without a dog then sure ask them for help but if they're there if they're there for the first time with their dog give them a break let them just think about the trial (laughs) and let the record show that if you do get wrangled in as a new person and you don't know how to do something they will not tell you unless you ask so if they put you in for timer you're like i have no idea how to time you have to ask otherwise they'll just start running and you're like i don't know what i'm doing we'll train you we'll train Um, and abandon you and then they yell yeah it's so scary when you get it wrong yeah it's so scary i like i've like almost cried multiple times um that and also rings our chief ring steward people they will like look you in the eyes and they will like point to you and they'll be like you you should volunteer and so it's very scary right when somebody singles you out like that but it's you're allowed to say no nobody's gonna get mad at you if you say no well you can say might, no thanks i give you a disgruntled face but take care of you take care of number one you're number one yeah. take care of you first take care of your dog and then volunteer to trial at a later date when you have more information and you're feeling better that you know here's one thing that new people don't know is that if you're volunteering in a ring and you have to leave to go walk a course that's walking on the other side, you can walk out of the ring. It's nice to tell somebody, I got to go, then and let them know that they need to try and find a replacement. But you are not required to stay the full class if you know that you're walking mm-hmm. on the other side. And new people don't know that. They feel like I volunteered, yeah. I volunteer for the entire class. And it's tough to understand the schedule when you've never done the schedule before. Yeah. And if you're wondering, you're like, well, where do I, I want to volunteer. Where do I volunteer? At the um, entrances generally of like the doors, they will have a giant whiteboard and it will have all of the class abbreviations on it. And then I'll have below it, it'll say like pole setter, um, timer, uh, leash runner. And you can put your name there and you can, you know, say, you know emma for one class right if you wanted to be specific you don't have to you can just put your name down um so that's how you can or you can ask somebody and say hey can i sign up and they will probably lead you to the ring steward yeah and let's um, just give a rundown of yeah. the easy things to vol- so let's say you do want to volunteer because it does teach you a lot but let's say you do want to volunteer here's the order of difficulty um learning how to volunteer and <laughs> um, bar setters and leash runners. Those are definitely the two easiest to do, bar setter and leash runner. Then, and it's a leash walker. I don't know why we call it learning, but anyway. Yeah, like, don't run. They'll, they'll be like, what are you doing? Oh my gosh. Um, so bar setter, leash runner, and then 
and they usually need three to four bar setters per class if possible. And so then the next would be, well, now we're going in order to, so I would say gate steward. Am I getting them all right? Bar setter? Let's go. Uh, I would say timing's easier than gate steward once you figure it out. Yeah, I was, that's exactly what was going through my head. Because you kind of have to know who people are. So when you're doing a gate, right, when you're at the gate, you're basically, well, there's two ways now that they do it. Because since COVID, it's kind of gone online. So they hand you an iPad with everybody's name on it. And you have to like, you know, do all these little buttons and say, okay, you know, Emma with dots in the ring. And um, it's it used yeah. to be paper. It used to be on these giant boards. And so well. you'll either be, it'll either be manual where you cross off people's names with a Sharpie. Um, they're almost always uh, out of ink, those Sharpies. And then you'll either have an iPad. But the issue with this is that people just kind of assume that you know who they are because a lot of agility people have been doing agility for at least five years, right? Five, 10, 15 years. And so they'll say, yeah, I'm here. And you're like, well, that's great. I don't know who you are. Um, and by the time you, you know, get your guts up to ask, they've gone. And so you kind of have to know who people are. Yeah, so the gate steward lines up the next three dogs, essentially. Yes. And that leads me into a different thing. But so remind me, I want to get to that different thing. But okay, the gate steward is a very important job because they keep the rings running. So they get the next dog mm -hmm. in, get the next dog in, get the next dog in. And so a, an efficient gate steward can shave hours off of a trial, an efficient gate steward. So yeah, timer. So we go bar setter, leash runner, timer. And time yes. be a little scary, but it that would be the. I don't know how to time. Fun fact then about me. Gate, <laughs> then gate, then mm -hmm. stride. Would you? Say yes, that? I agree. Did I get them all? Is that everybody? Is that all? I hope so. I'm pretty sure. So I bar setter, so. leash runner, timer, gate, scribe. Yes. I, I can't think of another position. Am I missing something? I can't. All right, so I want to go back to gate stewarding. Hmm. and getting efficiency into the ring. Here's another place that new people need to learn. Now, right out of the gate, I understand, take some time to learn this, but new people need to learn it. Even old people, people that have been doing this a long time. I saw some really slow people this weekend. <laughs> For, what do you mean? Oh my goodness. Because yeah, it's, I'll tell you why, because it takes hours. Out of <laughs> All right. For, so in general, a standard course, you can judge how long it's going to take. It's generally two minutes a dog. All right. That's one minute running and one minute to get in and out. For jumpers, it's one minute a dog. So it's uh, a half, a half a second or half a minute to get in and out and half a, am I doing that right? No, two minutes a dog. For yeah. Standard, three minutes a dog for standard. For standard. Okay. Yeah. Gosh, I can't remember now. I don't know. I would say it's two and then like a minute 30, depending. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Here's the thing is going. So when you're learning how to go into the ring, the judge tells either the gate steward, the scribe, this timer, and in the briefing, they should tell you, come into this and get your dog on the start line when the dog in front of you is at obstacle 14. And if you, so that's usually three, four, five obstacles prior to the ending. 
And the time that it takes somebody to come in, get their leash off their dog, set them up for the start line, and then release them, that time period can range anywhere from 10 seconds to a minute. And the 10 second people, awesome. You're on it. You're doing it. Perfect. You are saving everybody else hours <laughs> of sitting in traffic because you have in one class alone, in one class alone this last weekend, it were 62 dogs, right? 62 dogs. If everybody takes one minute extra to put their dog on the line, tell them to stay and lead out for one extra minute, that is a full hour for one class. 60 dogs, one minute a dog, that's a full hour that we are wasting watching people set their dogs up get them to the start line and get going. So if you're taking 15 seconds of that time walking into the ring while the other dog is running, now we're saving time. So listen to the judge when they tell you to come in when the dog's on 14, that means come into the ring and have your dog ready to go by the time the other dog is leashed up and out and, and heading out of the ring. That is efficient uh, handler skill that needs to be learned. Yeah, like said, said you've had a whole spiel ready for this. I just said all of that. I completely understand and completely agree. If the dog in front of you does not get on leash easily, then yes. Like mine. Then Dottie's horrible at getting no, on Dottie, leash. Okay, she may take a while to get back <laughs> on so leash. It's so scary. My heart drops every time. I'm like, please come to me. But she will um, not run back to the dog at the start line. No. Okay, no. So you know the dog in front of you has a tendency to or has a history of not getting on leash and running to the dog at the start line, then yes, wait outside the gate until that dog is leashed up. And conversely, if your dog goes into the ring and gets wildly aroused by the dog in the ring already, then yes, hold out and wait until that dog is on leash and then heading out to go back to go in the ring but let people know let your gate steward know that that you need this time i saw well experienced dogs this weekend 15 feet from the start gate and gate stewards having to tell them judges having to tell them next dog where's our next dog and that 15 seconds 30 seconds leads to hours and hours of time on the uh, that that's not needed. You can have really efficient trialing days if we get a good gate steward that gets the dog in the ring and people learn how to set their dog up while the other dog is running and be ready to go when they hear the the go the ready for them. Yeah. Now I'm not yelling at high performance athletes. We are. We have to I, be. I'm not. I'm not yelling. Yeah. I don't. I don't have. I was going to say this is a bit of a. I think this should be for maybe people that have been doing agility for like a year. Okay. If you are a new person and you are nervous, do not let this weigh on your mind because this is the last thing that you need to be stressed about. Take your time. It's okay. It's okay. We're not going right. to. So, yeah, this is not for that. My my last just uh, soapbox. Um, opinion was not for <laughs> brand new brand new brand new people it was for the people in the open novice or open advanced masters excellence uh 
Grand Prix uh, Masters <laughs> level. If you're doing biathlon and Masters, you're going to EO. You best be getting <laughs> on the start line while the yeah, other. Come on, man. Because if you yeah, this also applies to class time as well. Um, I think as a famous quote that you once said is, come on, you're wasting our money. Um, wherein if you take 20 minutes to like go around outside, you're like, oh man, it's my turn. It's like, well, sometimes I get a little short with my students. I'm like, you guys figure out a a run order because I want the next dog in when that dog is getting leashed back. Yeah. Boom, baby. Because it's more more bang for your buck. It's more time instructing, less time watching you go get your dog from your car. Right. It's more time for you to be on the course learning, more time for your dog to be learning than watching you um, put the poop bag in the garbage. Right. And it teaches you to be good at something quickly. And I don't mean you learn it quickly. I mean that you are able to get in the ring, take off the leash, set up your dog and walk out in a very timely manner, which is hard to do. And it takes practice. Right. But yeah. you have to you know, learn to learn to go through the motions of it. Let's start practicing. Let's do it. Yeah. But I don't want my students to feel stressed either. I'm not, I know. Now we're being mean. I really don't oh, want my oh, dear. stressed. Um, but I also want to be efficient in just grabbing as much time on the course as possible. That's all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I won't. We yet. should make a part two. We've got a minute left. I'm still thinking about walking the course you know i'm like okay oh, when are we gonna get to that part we should say goodbye thank you emma for joining yeah thank you it's been another great agility podcast with you yes and we'll see you on the course happy yeah woof, woof. yeah once again if you see my mother at a trial let me know um because <laughs> she doesn't tell me i have eyes in the sky all right um thank you for having me back once again yeah, i'm gonna go get dinner great. now all right you got you have a great day and uh, I'll chat with you later. Okay. I love you. Bye-bye. Love you too. Go get them agility listeners. Love you too. Love you my go get them agility people. Yeah. Woof woof. Woof woof.